Hey folks, quick story for you. Have you heard about Imagine Golf? If you haven't, I would encourage you to go into the App Store, search Imagine Golf, and join the over 200,000 golfers around the world who have made this a part of their daily ritual to improve their golf game. A few months ago, I was introduced to a gentleman named Malcolm Scoville. He's the visionary behind the app. Malcolm has worked with other great uh, meditation-based apps like Calm, and he's bringing that expertise into the world of golf, which is something he's very passionate about. Malcolm and I connected. I've loved hearing his story. And the coolest thing to me about this mission that he's on is that he every day wakes up thinking, how can I help change the outcomes for people, both in golf and in their lives, through an improved mental game? It's a really cool app. They do these really fantastic three-minute daily drive lessons that you can just you know listen to when you're either on your way to work or nowadays just maybe taking the dog for a walk who knows or how about when you're out on the putting green or the driving range it's available to you at any time it's uh, free to download seven day no commitment trial uh, you can still listen to it even if you don't do the paid subscription. Although, I would tell you, go in and unlock that door. You will not regret it. Malcolm and his team have done just an excellent job of curating uh, the kinds of things that you need to be hearing to improve your mental game on a daily basis. I do it. I love it. You know me. I like to get into the spiritual side of golf, as does Malcolm, and as do all of those who are contributing to the app. I think you're really going to like it, folks. Go and check out Imagine Golf. And as my friend Malcolm likes to say, keep imagining what's possible. Hey there, friends. Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. I sure am glad to have you listening in. I have gotten some of just the most incredible feedback in the last few weeks from many of you who have been listening uh, from the start. Some of you have just started tuning into the show. And I just want to say how much I really appreciate that. It, it, it means a lot. Um, you know, this is a, a labor of love show. And uh, every time I get a note from someone, uh, I really do light up. It's uh, just been wonderful connecting with people from all over the United States and uh, a few choice listeners from around the globe. And uh, I, I just, it really makes me love doing what I'm doing uh, it's fun to make these shows, and it's fun to connect with some of you along the way. So thank you for that. We've got a great show today, uh, a wonderful conversation with Abby Leventhal. Abby is um, probably most known uh, recently for her work as the founder of an organization called For the Ladies, for spelled F-O-R-E, of course. Uh, she's doing some really incredible work um, exposing women to the game of golf, bringing them in. Uh, in a very warm and uh, approachable way, uh, and also connecting people who, uh, uh, you know, female golfers who really maybe didn't have uh, female companions to play with. It's really neat. I, I think she's doing just some really important work on that front. And the coolest thing about it is that she's just showing people how fun golf can be. You know, when you kind of get it, you know, when golf gets out of its own way, that's when people come flocking to the game, and that's happening in a big way. Um, in the industry, uh, I don't, I don't even want to call it the industry, just in the, in the golfing universe right now. And Abby's one of those people who's doing some really awesome work on that front. And that's not even her day job. Her day job, uh, she's working with the United States Golf Association, 
managing their fan experiences for the U.S. Opens, both the men's and women's editions. When we talked, she had actually just got back from uh, a jaunt out to the West Coast where they had uh, media days for both uh, the men's Open at Torrey Pines and the women's Open uh, coming up at the Olympic Club. And she's doing some cool stuff. She's got a, uh, an incredible resume working with big major brands uh, in and out of the golf space. Again, everything from the American Junior Golf Association to the Tiger Woods Foundation uh, to Titleist, uh, Imperial Hats. She just uh, a few years ago wrapped up a graduate degree uh, in integrated marketing communications from Northwestern. She's super smart, really brilliant, and a great conversationalist, someone that I think you're going to start hearing more and more from her. Uh, she's just got a real knack for uh, creating great experiences, creating great content, and, and I think the golf world's really starting to take notice. I know I have, and it was just super to have her on the show uh, and talk about her whole world of things that she's working on. And, and I'm a big fan of what she's doing with Four of the Ladies uh, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, I would highly recommend you go and do so. She's got an awesome podcast, uh, as well as um, uh, the clinics and events that she's putting on around the country. We'll dive into all that in the conversation. I think you're going to like hearing that. So, um, Abby Leventhal, again, great conversation. Someone I think you need to be following and paying attention to. Um, I think you're going to like this show, and I sure am glad that you're listening in. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Abby. Abby. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Doing well. It's uh, a nice North Florida day here in Tallahassee. And, uh, you know, like always, thinking about some golf. Uh, I saw you were hanging out on the West Coast for a few days, probably a little bit uh, cooler and sunnier weather than we were getting. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, it was actually colder than I expected. I only went to San Diego to Torrey Pines for U.S. Open preview day. Um, and it was a blast. But, yeah, you know, it's just fun to, like, get to see a, a first look of the course. I hadn't been to Torrey Pines since I think I went in 2014. Uh, I was working for the Tiger Woods Foundation at the time, and he was being awarded Player of the Year for 2013. So it was fun to come back and, and see it and remember how beautiful it is out there. Yeah, no kidding. It's, um, you know, California gets that uh, 75 and sunny weather way too much. Uh, not not fair to the rest of the world, but I know. Uh, <laughs> a lot to be jealous of. How was, uh, how were things on the ground at a tour while you were there? It was great. It was, you know, it was beautiful. I hadn't seen a lot of the course, I think the first time I went there. So, you know, it was fun to see three and number 13. Um, and just kind of see what they've been up to, how things have changed. Um, you know, I think the last probably four to six weeks is when you'll see the the biggest changes to the golf course, um, just, you know, in appearance and the things that you guys know from U.S. Opens. Um, but it was cool to be there and just like the excitement was certainly like contagious. You know, it, people are excited for the for the championship to be back. Um, and it was nice for me to get a little look at it. Yeah, and I know your role is is you know central with the USGA to that fan experience. Um, obviously, last year not not much in the fan department going on at Wingfoot, which was unfortunate. But you know, crazy year. 
What, what's that world going to look like here uh, in a little bit when everybody goes back to Torrey Pines? Yeah, I always laugh because when we talk about um, fan experiences, I'm like, yeah, well, I haven't actually worked a U.S. Open with fans yet. So <laughs> it's just, you know, it's been a wild ride. We we did a lot of things virtually last year, whether it was having people on the first tee with a video board or, you know, doing Q&As with players and, and kids um, so still trying to bring people to the championship. And then this year we, we will have fans um, excited to see what that looks like. I, I, you know, I, it's so hard. I don't, I can't visualize it yet. I haven't been to a, a I haven't been to an event. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know like what an event with a lot of people looks like. I, like I haven't been to a baseball game or a hockey game um, like some other people have. So yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm in it for the first time too. And um It'll just be cool. It'll be cool to see fans. You know, I've, I've watched golf on TV. I've watched PJ Tour events where they had fans back, and it's just fun to see and hear people cheering. So, um, you know, for us to be able to have them is, is such a treat. Um, and then, of course, being in California, uh, back to where Tiger had just, like, the craziest win, it's, it's just fun. It'll be really cool to see it all come together. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just so good for the game and um you know there really is a, a something significant missing when the fans aren't there and i think everybody's just really excited to see that come back uh in a big way with especially with major championships um so abby what is your your technical title with USGA? <laughs> yeah it's senior manager of u.s open fan experiences um so most specifically i work on the victory club which Uh is the official fan club of the u.s open and the u.s women's open um it's great for me i you know working on things that are for the fan is fun whether they're going to be at a championship or tuning in from home so yeah i mean it's it certainly keeps me busy i'm tasked with getting people interested in the championship all year long not just two weeks of the year um so i'm excited for for what we have to come you know in a pandemic you're not planning a lot of in-person experiences um but but certainly have a lot of ideas and um i think a lot of my history and working in the sport has kind of led to something like this yeah that's really cool so so you started last year at what time? Um, I started February of 2020. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. I was in the office maybe for like four weeks, and then wow. we, all, we were all working from home. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So I imagine the uh, you know, sort of initial playbook of ideas, things you were bringing to that position kind of went out the window pretty quickly, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And uh you know, I think also somebody who's new to a role, like takes a lot of time to learn and listen and, and see what, what's been done. Um, and I don't really know what's been done. So it's been, it's just been a funny way to, to start a role, but at the same time, like I don't have any predispositions to what we've done. So I guess that's a pretty good thing as well. Yeah, that is a good thing. That kind of, you know, especially talking about a year like this where you're bringing fans back at, probably gives you a little levity to feel like you can, you know, throw the ball deeper here and there uh, and, and, and maybe try some things that you wouldn't normally have thought or the organization maybe wouldn't have normally thought to do. Right. For sure. So yeah, once we do have like fans fully back and um, I'm excited to see how we can shake things up with the fan experience. Golf is just so unique. You know, you're not all sitting in an arena um, or stadium. It's, 
hundreds of acres wide and long and you know, you want to entertain people along the way. Yeah, no kidding. And, and yeah, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of lull time as a yeah. golf fan, you know, when you're out there. So to sort of stimulate the fan, uh, on a big day and, you know, you think about it, you know, especially if you're at a major championship, I would imagine your average fan is probably there for, you know, seven, eight hours, um, you know, making a full day of it. I don't know many people that pop in only for just a little bit at that scale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know exactly like when do people clock in and out um, when they come to a round. Um, And then of course we can't like, you know, when we talk about fans, we're not just talking about people who are at the golf course, you know, there's millions of people who tune into a, a major championship round. So how do you keep them entertained and, and do that? you know, digitally and in broadcast and, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a fun role because obviously fans touch a lot of parts of, of a major championship. I know you've, you've talked about your, your career in the golf industry. You've worked with some pretty exciting brands, uh, during that time. Yeah. Who, who can you kind of maybe give me the rundown of some of the companies you've worked with and organizations and, and maybe how you're applying that experience to, uh, you know, this U.S. Open fan experience? Yeah. Uh, so I started at the American Junior Golf Association. I did the, the traveling college internship where you, we hosted the tournaments for the AJGA um, in a certain region of the country in the summertime. And it was a blast. I mean, I, I think I, this is really fun. I love being able to watch the competition and be right right up there in it. Um and so I did the internship for two summers, worked full-time at the AJGA, um, and it's a lot of travel. You're probably traveling like 30, you know, 20 to 30 weeks of the year, and um, that's a lot on, on someone. So I, it was time for me to move on, and I worked for the Tiger Woods Foundation um, where I was a, a media specialist. I, I helped um, at his tournaments. Um, such as at the time it was the Quicken, Quicken Loans National at Congressional, the Hero World Challenge, um, and at the time the Deutsche Bank Championship up in Boston. So that was my first time, you know, really working professional sports events. And it was it was a really cool opportunity to just, you know, one, be working for a, the greatest, you know, athlete of all time. And then also, um, you know, seeing the other side of things with the foundation, you know, it, at the end of the day, what he does is is an education foundation um, and the PGA Tour events support the mission that they're trying to achieve. So um, it, it was just a completely different side of the industry for me going from working like straight competitions to working in an organization where they benefit from the sport. Um, and then of course have tiger tied to it is, is incredible. Um, so then from there I worked for Titleist. I, I wanted, uh, some, some for profit work just to see what business was like in the golf industry. Um, that was probably my first time, uh, working in a space that was so focused on the community. They have this thing called team Titleist. It's like their network, and um, it was an online. It is an online network, and then they host um, events at you know Kiowa and Pinehurst and uh, all these awesome places, um, and offer opportunities to their consumers like the white box testing and um, you know equipment testing, and so it was just like, it was a really fun job. Um, 
And when I was there, my official capacity was overseeing their social media channels. And, and at the time I felt like it was like a really competitive space. Um, you know, Callaway was really exciting and they had their Callaway media productions and they were doing things that were so innovative. And then you had TaylorMade who had really cool photography work. Um, so it was just like a cool time to be there. Um, and I was at Titleist for, for about five years and then had a short stint at Imperial Hats, which was just a ton of fun. I had just grad school and need, I felt like I wanted to get involved in other things outside of social media. So took a marketing job over at Imperial and now I'm at the USGA. So I think, you know, I, I've done a few things along the way, whether it's media relations or social media and marketing. And so um, it's fun to get to kind of bring all of those together in this role that I have now. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, wh- where did you do your graduate work? Uh, Northwestern. Um, I did the integrated marketing and communications program at Medill. Um, it was awesome. I mean, I, I loved it. I did it part-time online, um, and like one in-person seminar. Um, and it was just, I just, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about how marketing, you know, affects how can marketing influence business goals and objectives. And I just, I don't know. It felt, it made me feel like I was, uh, a little bit more sophisticated in understanding how what I do supports businesses overall um, and how to how to prove that. So um, it, that's very boring, like marketing education speak. But I, I learned a lot from it. I love like I love learning. <laughs> um, and and again, that's also kind of boring, but it, it, it excites me. And it was just nice to, you know, be able to have the opportunity to to do that yeah that's great i i um i often think you know these educational opportunities are you know wasted on the young so to speak you know I right I, seriously I, though <laughs> i would go back to school tomorrow and i think i would just you know love it a hundred times more than i did i i did my grad program i took a year off after undergrad then went back and mm-hmm. you know and and now you know 10 years later i'm like i think i, I wouldn't mind part of me going back and diving in again. I, I love that, you know, constant learning process. And then, and in the world of media, um, uh, using the broadest sense of that term, uh, it's so ever changing and so rapidly changing that, you know, you almost feel like you have to dive back in every now and then to just kind of get a grip for, um, you know, where things are heading and, and, and what works. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous that you, you, you recently went back through that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was good. I think I completed that in like 2018. Um, but now, you know, I, I try to keep up with the latest in my newsletters. Everybody's got a newsletter these days. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I get my morning fill with, you know, a few of those, whether it's ad week or ad age or the gist and, you know, just, just trying to keep up with, you know, the youngest people. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I, that's what I drink over my morning coffee or I drink in during my morning coffee, you know, about five thirty in the morning before my daughter wakes up, you know, trying to get through and read and catch up on what everybody else is doing. But, um, so, you know, what do you think you're, you're in your professional opinion? What are, what are we in for, for the next few years? And, you know, um, based on your experience, what, what should golf, brands be doing to continue to innovate 
Oh my goodness. That's a very big question. question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think the term like community kind of gets overblown um, as of late. That's kind of like a buzzword, but um, at the same time, you know, just being able to like bring people together through technology or and it doesn't have to be complicated I think it's just going to continue to be important I think especially as more people get into the sport like they're going to want to find ways to get in touch with other people playing um and it's not just by you know sharing your opinion on Twitter there's there's other ways to to meet people um like you and who are interested in the sport so I think yeah and, and every kind of organization company has some sort of like community management um but i think that'll just continue to be important um i think you know social media is like flashy and it's fun but it also goes by so quickly it it lives for maybe a day so um you know community and relationships can just last so much longer and um i think that's just important to to brands and, and to what everyone's trying to achieve how important do you think experiences are in that you know you were talking about the team titleist uh you know endeavor there which i think is a, a very clever move on their part obviously you're you know looking over you know fan experience with with two outstanding championships um you know how would you weigh that against you know what you know someone's experiencing you know on social media or digitally versus that you know in-person you know creation of a memory how, how important do you think that is these days I think it's equally important. And like when I say experience, I mean, it's, it's everything. So what's the experience you have when watching a broadcast? What's the experience you have when using a, an app to follow scores or, or get additional coverage? Um, I think, and then of course the in-person experience and just having a good moment and creating that cool memory, like you said. Um, but I think both sides really matter. Um, and you know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you got to, I think, but the more that you put place attention on how, how is our fan going to experience this? How's my customer going to experience this? Um, and it doesn't have to be so like in person. Um, it can just be what, you know, how they touch your brand or your service or your event. Um, it matters. And I think, you know, there are reasons that, certain championships or tournaments or or events like are so beloved it's because they have a good experience with it whether it be watching it on tv or being there or engaging with a second screen quick shameless plug time if you have been following along with Midam christ for a while you might have known that about a year ago I released my first book. It's called The Nine Virtues of Golf. Uh, I have gotten some really cool messages from people who have loved the book. Uh, over the last year, it's been you know, really something I've, I've taken a lot of pride in. And I just wanted to throw this out there. You've got Father's Day coming up. You've got friends who are really getting into the game of golf, maybe some for the first time, some coming back to the game. Summertime is approaching. It's a wonderful time to really dive back in. And if you're looking for a gift, if you're looking for something to give someone that maybe will open their eye to uh, how you see the game and how you've enjoyed and experienced the game and you want to share that, 
I think you might find that my book, The Nine Virtues of Golf, uh, just may be what you're looking for. So it's available on Amazon. If you just go on and search my name, Jay Revel, or go and search The Nine Virtues of Golf, you'll find it pretty quickly. You can check out the reviews on there. I'll let uh, readers speak for themselves. And I think it's something that um, you and, and maybe the golfer in your life might really enjoy taking a read or having a conversation about. So go and check out my book, The Nine Virtues of Golf. One area I know you can probably speak a little bit more about when it comes to, you know, a, a vision for a brand is what you're doing with for the ladies for obviously spelled uh, uh, through the uh, golf vocab there, F-O-R-E. Yes. Um, tell me about that endeavor and, and, and what you're trying to achieve with that. Yeah, I started for the ladies in March 2019. As you've heard, I've worked in golf ever since college. So um, I when you work in the sport, you're just, you also become observant of it. And, um, in addition to that, I played leisurely, but I played all my life. And so in the summertime I would play, you know, in junior camps or, uh, with my brother and his friends, but I didn't have many girlfriends who played and that was okay. Um, I played high school golf and played on the team and, and had my girlfriends there, but, um, my closest friends, my best friends, none of them played and that would continue through college. My sorority sisters, none of them played, but I would maybe go to the race you and um and go with like fraternity friends so um there was just always golf was always kind of like lingering um but I didn't really have a group of people to play with all the time it was just kind of myself or playing in like a formatted team way so um it was something I always noticed but and and friends would be like well can you teach me and I'm like I can try like you should come out like I'm not a, an instructor. I did not even playing in college. So like I wasn't very good. So I just noticed this along the way. And something I had also noticed was that there were a lot of opportunities, amazing opportunities for junior female golfers to get into the sport. Um, and then I was invited to a few um, like executive women's golf days and, and really cool programs. But I, and when I looked around, like none of the women were my age. I just happened to be invited because I like golf. Um, and additionally, you know, there, I just didn't see many opportunities for people my age or, or women who didn't belong to a country club, maybe to get out there and play and learn and see if golf was for them. So I, there was just this void. And at some point when I was at Titleist, I was like, I just want to try something. So um, I hosted a clinic and just brought, you know, a few of my friends who are PGA professionals um, out to this place called Newport Indoor Golf. And I just posted it on my own social media, like didn't have a for the lady social at the time. Um, And we were able to get, you know, I thought it'd be like 20 or 30 of us. And we would just like rotate through different stations and everyone would learn how to play golf. And instead we had 70 women show up and we had um, Lululemon there to sell their golf clothes and we had Lily Pulitzer that Pulitzer there to sell their golf clothes and we had music playing and drinks and, and it just the light bulb kind of went off and I was like, Oh wow, this is awesome. Like how do I rinse and repeat this? Um, and so from there I took another clinic to Jacksonville, Florida, um, where I, I actually am right now because I'm hosting mm-hmm. another event this weekend there. 
And fabulous. Yeah. And again, you know, we had 40 women show up and it was actually at a golf course, not just an indoor facility. And so the interest was there. And I was like, wow, if you put the opportunity out there for people who are interested in learning the sport, they're going to gravitate to it. And I think my thing was, you know, you're not going to get a private one-to-one lesson today, but you are going to have a welcoming experience with golf. You're going to be, you know, approached with a smile and just like other people around you um, who are also interested in learning the game. And, and yeah, I just kind of took it from there. Um, It's been, it's been so fun. Um, We didn't really host many clinics in 2020. I made, I did a few virtual ones, um, but brought them back this year and have already hosted a few and it's just been such a fun journey. That's super cool. I, I, I love the, uh, those light bulb stories, you know, when you totally put something out in the world and you know, kind of go, wow, okay, <laughs> we got something here. Um, right. what kind of reactions, you know, have you gotten from, uh, ladies that attend these clinics? I mean, you know, if you were going to, if there was going to be a review page, what kind of things would uh, some of these participants be saying, you think? Yeah, I think that they would say I, probably a lot of like I was pleasantly surprised by golf because mm-hmm. a lot of them just see their significant other play, their partner play, um, but it wasn't for them. And there's just predispositions to the sport and we all know that and they've existed for a really long time. And if we can debunk some of those and make people feel welcome, I think, I think we're in for something special and we can bring more people in and different perspectives that haven't been around before. Um, so yeah, I think I'd hear like, I was pleasantly surprised. Like that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> um, just kind of like, you know, entertaining. And then also just like uh, golf reminds me of some of the other activities I do um, where I think golf is seen like as such a unique sport or activity that is different from everything else, whether it's, you know, it's different from pickleball, it's different from um, tennis and other individual sports, fitness classes. It's different, but I can have that same feeling. I can have, just as much fun doing it. And I, and I didn't expect that. I think that's what you'd see. I, I, I tell my clients a lot, you know, that, you know, your brand is the story that people tell about you. And, um, when I think about golf, I feel like golf's brand has, you know, suffered over the years. Some of it's self-inflicted, uh, mm-hmm. probably a lot of it, but, you know, the, the stories that have always been told about golf have just been, I think, largely pretty stale and, and, and also, you know, reflective of only a small portion of the reality of the game. You know, if you go out to any local municipal course or you know, really anywhere where public golf is played, you know, the, the things you're going to see and experience on the ground are vastly different than I think what most people expect when they think about golf. You know, they, they think maybe – stuffy country club environment with you know sure. wealthy people or whatever you want to, you know, however you want to frame that. But um, I, I love the way you frame that, you know, that it's sort of, you know, better than expected. And I, and I think right. that's happening, you know, more and more in golf. Right. I mean, that's kind of the point of what so many, I think in our generation are doing is just trying to look at, show people, Hey, this is a lot of fun. 
Um, you know, if you, if you, you know, put a little time and energy and effort into, you know, engaging with the game, you're going to, you're going to get a lot of reward at it. So kudos for, you know, showcasing that for, um, a lot of folks. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I also think like a lot of women, I actually think a lot of women would probably walk away saying I played golf today and their version of them playing golf today is very different from mine. (laughs) Like they went through three stations. They learned how to putt. They learned how to chip. They learned how to hit like long, uh, long irons and maybe driver. And they probably went home and say they said that they played golf today. Whereas when I say I played golf today, it's I went and played nine or I went and played 18 or I played the cradle. I played a short course. Um, But like, who cares? I don't care if they walk away and said this, like say that they played golf today because then they need golf clubs for the next time they come. They need clubs for the next time they go. and, And that's better for all of us. Well, you know, that's a great point too. You talk about golf being different from a lot of sports. Um, my one of my favorite parts of it is you know if you try to answer that question what is golf or what qualifies as golf to me you know the answer is pretty simple you know are you you're hitting a ball with a stick and do you have a smile on your face you know if, right. if you meet those qualifications you're probably enjoying some kind of you know version of the game and and there are a lot of versions of it and i think that when we start sharing that more and more with people and saying hey you don't you know this doesn't have to be a 5 hour day on some you know course that's going to kick your teeth in this this can be small doses and having fun with with groups i think groups is so huge for you know getting people into the game right i'm i'm reminded of a there's a a lovely lady here in tallahassee her name is becky sowers and she was a lpga instructor of the year back in the 80s actually this is a kind of a cool pretty cool story you appreciate it she actually played in the U.S. Women's Open, I think it was like 79 maybe. Okay. Uh, it was at Hazeltine while nice. she was pregnant with twins. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, as a qualifier. You know, went, went through local qualifying. Wow. Nine yards. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. And um, she has a program here that's called Lady Links, and she's been doing it for just decades and um, has just introduced so many women in, in Tallahassee to the game and you know, very similar to the kind of clinics that you're hosting. And I, I see them out at our, our local course a lot and always enjoy catching up with her. And so, um, I, you know, I think seeing something like that, that, you know, it's probably happened in little pockets over the country over the years, but you know, what you're doing is taking that great expertise that you've, you know, mined out of a, a career in the golf industry and, and using that to broadcast these things. And you've got the great podcast too. And, uh, as a compliment to the the clinics and everything, tell me tell me about you know what's what's next. What's the big plan uh, down the road for for the ladies? Yeah, I mean a few things. This year we hosted our first golf getaway at Pinehurst. Um, mm-hmm. We had sixty eight women attend and uh, played two rounds of golf. Had a cool dinner and uh, you know a fun swag bag, and and that just came from me seeing like so many events put together. Um, that are amazing. You know, the fried egg puts events together and you see the ringer and there's so many cool events out there. Um, a lot of them, you know, are participated in by men. Um, and so I was hoping to create something that was mostly participated in by women. Um, and, and that's okay. Like, you know, I, I've been to a fried egg event and I had a blast and I had no complaints and it was an awesome day and everyone was super friendly. Um, but I wanted to create something like that for women. So, um, 
yeah, made one. We had 68 women attend. It was, it was awesome. I, it, it was just so surreal. The weekend was amazing. And uh, I hope to bring more of those to life. And those are mostly for women who have just, you know, stumbled upon for the ladies because they were looking for, you know, their golfer themselves. And then maybe they found us on Instagram, but they already know how to play. So they don't need a clinic. Um, so, you know, we have that and I hope to do more of those at other locations this year and next year. Um, additionally, you know, when we host a clinic, I, you know, you talk with people afterward and they're like, well, now what should I do? Like, this was my first time playing golf and I'm kind of intrigued and I want to do more. So trying to come up with ways to work with facilities to create like a for the ladies program. Um, so if a woman comes to a clinic and she wants to take that next step, she now has something to do. She has a five to six week program that teaches her every part of the sport and maybe the last week they go and play golf. Um, I, that's a big lofty goal, but I would really like to achieve it. Um, because there are women who, you know, they leave the clinic and they're like, that was my first time with golf and now I want to continue. But for me, unfortunately, I just don't have as much to offer them other than say like, Hey, like you should check out what this facility has to offer or take private lessons. But if I can create a program that is, you know, catered to women and it's for the ladies, um, associated, I think, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, and then lastly, you know, we have a, a big directory of women, you know, when people, people were starting to ask just like, how do I find other women in my community to play with? So, I, I mean, I literally put together a Google sheet and you, and it's a private Google sheet and you just sign up, you say where you're from and you just have, you know, you can reach out to women who are near you to tee it up with. And I, it's been fun to see that actually work. Um, in Austin, Texas, where I have never held a clinic, there's a group of like 10 to 15 women that get together regularly to play. And it's because they found each other on the Google sheet. And it's so simple. And that's what I meant by like technology earlier. Like I didn't create like an app. <laughs> I created a Google sheet and told people to sign up. So I just think like bringing people together and just trying more, trying to find more ways to do that um, through For the Ladies is it's just fun. It's really, it's exciting for me. It's, you know, it's, a, it allows me to have an outlet um, because I love golf and it probably sounds like all I do is play golf and work in golf. And, but I, I even need an outlet from golf. And even though that outlet is still with the sport, it's different. Um, and, you know, it doesn't pay the bills for the ladies is not a moneymaker per se. <laughs> Um, so if anybody ever wants to support for the ladies, we are a 501 C three, but, um, it's, it's where my creative juices kind of are allowed to flow and it's been really rewarding. I used to tell my former employer that all the stuff that I was doing in the golf world, uh, you know, was great for me in a lot of ways. Cause it, like you said, it allowed me to go out and, ex and express some of those um, you know, some of that creative energy in a place where I, I might not get to do it at the day job. But what I sure. also used to tell her was, I think you'd be pretty surprised how much of the things that I'm doing in this space turn into ideas that I can bring back to the day job. Right. Um, I mean, you just, you know, you know, cause you, we all kind of need that space where you can sort of, like I said earlier, you know, throw deep and, um, not really have a whole lot of consequence on the table when you're doing it. Um, and that's a great way to AB test, you know, ideas that you can yeah. again bring back. I, I just, I love that. Love hearing that when people are doing it. Um, well, that's just, that's just fantastic. And so, so where were you at in Jacksonville? I am. So I am hosting 
clinic at Jack's Beach Golf Club. Um, it's actually where I held my very second clinic, so I'm excited to go back. Uh, we have 60 women registered, so it's going to be a busy one. Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited for it. Like we've had such a good year before the ladies in 21. Um, we sold out of all of our clinics so far, um, which is amazing. I mean, to me, it just shows that there's interest and, and women want to play golf. They want to learn how to play golf. So let's give them the opportunity. And I hope that we can just continue to do that and keep rolling. You know, uh, after Jacksonville, I have an event in Atlanta and then San Francisco and San Diego. I'm sure you can guess why. Those are the locations <laughs> I chose. Um, Portland, Oregon in, in September. And I think we'll end the year in, or also Minneapolis. And I think we'll end the year in uh, St. Louis. We have so many events. Like I'm hosting an event in my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Like, we've got a lot of events. <laughs> Just go to the website. <laughs> That is so cool. Uh, that's a busy year, and uh, I love to hear it. So, for for those maybe who uh, you know hear this and have interest, is there a fee associated you know with signing up, coming to one of the clinics? How does that work? Yeah, there is a fee, um, and that's because you know the ticket sure. price. The ticket price mostly goes to the facility um, for letting us use their time. Mm-hmm. Some places we use their like academy instructors, so we need. Uh, we got, we need to pay them. Um, but a ticket typically costs 35 to $45. That's for the, you know, two hours of instruction. You'll walk home with a, a tea gift, which includes like a hat and sunscreen, golf balls and other stuff. Um, and then of course, every event includes alcohol, (laughs) (laughs) um, because, so we have to pay for the alcohol. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, I personally, I don't think it's very expensive. I I hope other people don't think it's expensive and that they're getting a good value out of it. Um, my goal is always to keep it around that price point. Um, it may go up as, as time rolls on and we have more needs, but, um, I think if you want the game to be accessible, you need to allow people to get in the door in the first place. hundred percent. Well, uh, th- that's, that's just awesome to hear. And again, Hey, it sounds like you're hitting your mark if you keep selling these out. So, um, you know, maybe it's the golf, maybe it's the booze who can say, but, uh, that's, that's, those sound like just awesome experiences. Like, I think I would have fun, you know, just, Going and hanging out at something like that. Yeah, well, it's so funny because, like, somebody asked me the other day, like, can guys sign up? I'm like, <laughs> well, you just registered on your own. There's not, like, an approval process. So if a guy signed up, like, who cares? Like, yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, I'm sure maybe he'll, you know, if he's single, maybe he'll find a companion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, now, now you might be on a real market opportunity. There, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, do a, if, uh, like a hinge night or something. <laughs> if, 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 you know, farmers only can make money, you know, paired, <laughs> paired people together. I'm sure for the ladies probably could have a, a, a pretty good success rate too. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, good. I'm glad to hear that uh, the ladies in North uh, Northeast Florida are turning out for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's just awesome. Well, um, so you know the the term that gets obviously just beaten to death, right? The the grow the game idea. I, I, <laughs> you know, we haven't come up with a better way to express it, but but it is important. And you know, I, I hear from so many people. You know, it it, it seems like golf uh for women is such a huge opportunity for 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 the game and and you know is there a is there a silver bullet out there or is it just engagement like what you're doing 
Um, to grow, to hashtag grow the game. Yeah, to hashtag grow the game. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a little. It's a. It's a lot of things. I think. Um. I and I try to like really not use that term at all. <laughs> no, no. Um. It's it's cringy, but you know it's, it's it it's is what, what it is. Right. Right. <laughs> so I I don't know. I think. It's a lot of things, you know, I even when I try to host events, I run through a lot of uh, red tape, you know, like there is a lot, there's a big lack of flexibility in the sport. And I think that that can go across everything in it. Right. It's a, it's a lack of, um, you know, I don't think we should be like defining all the time what playing golf means and then, you know, what a clinic should look like and how many people you should be allowed to have and what they should be wearing. Like there's just a, there's a big lack in flexibility um, in golf. And, and I run into it when I host events, I run into it when, you know, a new idea comes up. Um, And I just, I hope that people can learn to be a little flexible um, when it comes to the sport and, and who to work with. And um, I think that's how you grow the game is, is I, the game is cool. Like golf is <laughs> fine. Like I like playing golf as it is. I like playing golf in a lot of different ways. It's there. We don't need to be like reinventing the wheel on the sport, but can we be more flexible when it comes to what it means and how we play it and, um, and when, how we welcome people to it. Totally agree. Last weekend we had a member member tournament in our club and, you know, the tournament was a lot of fun and, you know, very structured and whole nine yards, but we, we thought we were going to get rained out uh, on Saturday afternoon. So we didn't schedule any golf for that window, but everybody was there. So we ended up, you know, we had like, I don't know, 12 or 13 of us that all went off in one group, you know, and played, um, you know, a little cloudy, but, but a wonderful day. And we, a few of us got together for lunch today and everybody had the same reaction. It was like, you know, I think we had more fun just playing 13 guys slapping around out there and, and goofing around than we did, you know, in the actual tournament. And, um, there's a lot of that in the game. And I find that, you know, the more and more people just kind of throw the rule book out, you know, not, not, you know, not to, you know, admonish the rules of golf, but throw the rules for what is and what isn't golf out the window and go out and just focus on having fun. Um, it's to everybody's benefit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and for me, you know, it's not trying to be cool. Like I'm like the least cool person I know. I'm just like trying to make it more welcoming. I'm just trying to, you know, bring more people in. And that's why I think I like to use the term flexibility. I'm not, I'm not yeah. asking for a lot. I'm not trying to, to like change the sport and some of the traditions I'm cool with. Like I like some of the stuff. I don't actually mind wearing golf clothes a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, you know, I, and for people who want to wear golf, don't want to wear golf clothes. That's cool too. That's where I'm flexible. I don't care what you wear to play. Um, there are certain things that like, I don't mind. Like the traditions of golf, I think are pretty cool. And like golf history is cool and how mm-hmm. things came to be. And I, I just think, you know, being less, narrow-minded is going to be good for everyone yeah if you if you really want to hashtag grow the game you have to look at it through a much bigger lens right that's a there it is yes thank you for framing that nicely (laughs) (laughs) well i i think you are uh having an impact and uh sounds like you're having a lot of fun along the way which i think is uh 
a pretty good reason to get out of bed every day. So, totally. um, yeah, well, I appreciate all you're doing and I appreciate you spending some time having a conversation with about me. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, hopefully we, hopefully we can tee it up together sometime soon. I sure hope so. I would love mm-hmm. that. And, uh, next time you have a, a clinic, uh, here in the sunshine state, hit me up, let me know. I'll come, uh, I'll come hang out and, and hell, I'll just bartend. That's all good with me. Perfect. That's typically <laughs> what I need. So that's great. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Cool. Well, uh, good luck with the rest Thanks. of the year. You got some big stuff going on for the ladies and some, uh, fairly significant golf tournaments coming up. So, that's right. uh, we'll be watching and, uh, and, and, and rooting for the game along the way. So, uh, keep it up. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Abby. Well, thanks again for coming and, uh, we'll get out there and, uh, Hit it around soon. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Talk soon.